When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Tuesday, which means it's Fenway Rundown time. Even if your host is in transit, I'm Chris Cotillo, somewhere in New York as I head to Syracuse with my uh, co-beat writer, Chris Smith. We are on the way to the Syracuse-North Carolina basketball game because that's what beat writers do in the offseason. They go and see other sports, right? But on Mass Live, you'll find coverage of yet another busy week for the Red Sox. I know I've said it time and time again, but they continue to make moves. Today, the move of Adalberto Mondesi from the Royals for Josh Taylor. Are they done? Are they not? Those are questions for another time. Today, we're going to do something a little off the wall on the show, and um, you know, we're going to talk about Chris' paternity leave. We're going to talk about some college hoops, a little bit of Red Sox at the end. But, uh, you know, I always thank you for listening. This time, I, I, uh, I guess I'll thank you for not shutting it off. Well, this is the weirdest Fenway rundown uh, you'll ever hear on a snowy, cold Tuesday, not in Massachusetts where we live and work, but I guess, are we crossed the border yet? Are we? I think so. All right, so we are, I, I guess, crossing the border from Massachusetts into New York. I'm Chris Cotillo. Uh, my beat partner, Chris Smith, is alongside me. We are on a road trip, not the kind of road trip that you are used to from us reading our coverage at Mass Live on the Red Sox, but on a college basketball road trip because, as Chris Smith has put it before, uh, we are bigger college basketball fans than we are baseball fans. So we thought we'd just do something a little bit different. Obviously, there are Red Sox storylines to get to. Uh, There are things to talk about, but we're going to kind of go off the beaten path a little bit and do a a Fenway rundown like never before. We're on the way to Syracuse. Big game tonight between my North Carolina Tar Heels and Chris's Syracuse Orange. And we get two hours and 27 minutes left in the ride. We are not going to take that much time on the pod. Um, Chris, your thoughts on this ride so far? Ride's been very good. We've had good flow in our conversation. We've talked a lot about the uh, the Boston Red Sox and the beat and everything. And so, uh, yeah, it's been go- it's going well. It's a lot different from conversation with a six-month-old. Yes, and that's that's kind of where we'll start here because, as I mentioned on the show before, and if you've seen on Twitter, you've probably gotten a good idea. Chris has been uh, a lot less active in the last two months, and for good reason. Paternity leave, which I think is great and really cool that Mass Live offers. Um, it's meant at sometimes a little bit more work for me, and by that I mean a lot more work for me because the Red Sox have made a move a week, including one today. Uh, I thought today was kind of the, the peak of this whole situation because I'm – we're you know kind of rushing to get out to go towards Syracuse. Chris picked me up at my apartment, and right as he's on his way, the Red Sox acquire Adalberto Mondesi from the Kansas City Royals, and so he had to come in and watch me type away and write my article. And so I said to him, you know, like it's bad enough that I've had to do all the work for the last two months, and now 
it's kind of like sadistic to come in and just sit here and watch and I have to see you out of the corner of my eye. I'm not actually mad about it, I promise, but I do want to get kind of the day-to-day of what the last two months of your life have been like and how different they are from uh, basically what it has been to this point, especially since you've been at Mass Live. Yeah, so basically uh, I get up at 5.30 every morning, so that's terrific. And even on the weekends when Christy's home, she uh, she still makes me get up at 5.30, although it's good reason she's been up most of the night. She hears uh, Cooper, who's six, who just turned six months old on January 6th, uh, she hears him throughout the night, and she's the one that gets up with him and feeds him his bottle if he's hungry and stuff like that. So um, understandable that I have, but, you know, I've been... I'm pretty tired, but uh, the only two times that I've pretty much gone out are with Cotillo to the BC uh, Duke game, <laughs> and now this. My parents are covering me for uh, for half the day today and half the day tomorrow. And uh, but yeah, I mean it's you know it's been it's actually been good bonding time with a six-month-old. And um, you know we I also have a three-year-old. Is anybody that follows me on Twitter knows that. Um, but it's good because, like, the kid, I think, hated me, hated my guts, like, at the beginning because I was taking Kaylee, our three-year-old, out when he was born this summer. My, when my wife was on maternity leave, I was hanging out with her all the time, trying to entertain her while Christy was home <clears throat> during the day, you know, dealing with him. And so, like, when I pick him up at night, he'd cry like crazy. I don't think he liked me for, for the first few months, but we've gotten good bonding time now, so... We've, uh, we're there with each other the whole entire day, and uh, we like each other now. I kind of always liked him, but he didn't like me, and so now we like each other. And uh, It's been a lot of work, though, as I told Cotillo. I mean, I feel this feel guilty in a way for taking two months off or eight weeks. But, um, you know, I remember with Kaylee, it was very difficult when I was the, it was the off-season when, when I first had her, and Christy went back to work, my wife. Christy and you know like something would pop up and I'd have a screaming baby you know and like I'd have to write something and the baby would want to you know so it's good it's really good that I've gotten time off although I feel bad about it in a way (laughs) because you always feel like you should be working and this is the longest break I've ever taken it since I've been out of college in terms of work but um it's been good I mean we've we've had a lot of fun uh Kaylee's our three-year-old we've We've gone a lot of places. With we've taken Cooper to a lot of places. We've taken her to the indoor parks and stuff like that. Now it's cold out. Cooper, the the six month old, he's a he he's a uh, he battles through that thing. He watches her for two and a half hours while she's there and doesn't cry and complain. So uh, he's he deserves a lot of credit. She always wakes him up, which is a pain in the butt. Like I'll finally get him to sleep and she'll yell something into the other room. Dad, I just finished my Cheerios! And it wakes him up immediately, so that stinks. But she doesn't know how to keep a soft voice. So she's constantly waking him up, and I'm putting him back to sleep. But that's just how our days are going. I mean, that's that's a very, very detailed recap of the Smith household right now. You know, and similar to Cooper, I didn't like you at first. And now look where we are, road tripping for college hoops. Uh, and, and you said... As we talk about, I mean, the amount of college basketball-related texts I get from you. Ian is a huge college hoops fan myself. Um, I sometimes wonder, like, is he remembering that there are two kids in the house because it seems like an ACC game or something is on at all times. So that's where we'll go next with this because that's, you know, why we're on this trip. 
Uh, Chris is wearing a uh, Syracuse jersey. Who's that on the back? Pro Washington. Yeah, so so he he's got he's got Pearl Washington. I have your generic fanatics North Carolina throwback jersey that they unveiled as a throwback the other day, and I bought in about 14 seconds on fanatics. Um, so we are at the end of the day, college hoops guys who cover baseball, um, and you know I've been asked, and, and we'll give Steve Peralt his due here. He's asked me, can you just have your regular Twitter account and then do a Carolina account separately? And I, you know, I refuse to do that mostly because it bothers him. Um, but if, you know, there's enough fans out there um, of the Carolina content, which there are not, there are like seven, you know, I might think about it someday. Chris, I'll get into my heels in a second, and then we will, I promise, eventually get into some Red Sox stuff. But uh, giving you a scouting report of, of the Orange right now, where they are compared to where you want them to be, and oh, the GPS making an appearance, and uh, your, your prediction for tonight. I have no idea what's going to happen tonight. I think they're a good team, and uh, they're not on the bubble yet, but they need some of these quad one and quad two victories to get on the bubble. So that's, this is a big game for them tonight. But, yeah, I mean, I've been watching a lot of college basketball this offseason. I probably know more about college basketball than um, I do what's going on in baseball right now, basically because, like, that's an appropriate thing to watch with your kid. And when Christy comes home from work... Like, you know, I sit there a lot of, the, like, the evening with him because she's spending time with a three-year-old. So I sit on the couch with him, and uh, I can't have any, like, violent uh, movies like I like. Any Quentin Tarantino films, I can't really watch that with him because he's in the he's at the age where his eyes are glued to the TV at times. Like, the, he hears the TV go on, and his eyes are glued to it. So and he's getting to the, state, the stage of awareness, so... College basketball is like a nice thing where there's no, you know, gun violence or anything <laughs> and swearing and anything like that, you know. So we've just sat there and watched, and I've, like, watched, I mean, any ACC game that's on. I can watch, you know, like uh, UNC versus, uh, you know, anything, anybody. Like, I mean, I just like to watch the games. I've always been a guy that's watched a lot of Syracuse games. I went there, but before I went to Syracuse, you know, I, I mean, I've been a Syracuse fan of the basketball and football team my entire life because I have family that lives in Syracuse. There's the GPS again. But um, we're now getting on to oh, we can't go to New York City. That would be the wrong move. It would. Um, we're going towards Buffalo. That's good. We're not getting lost, we promise. Actually, my father uh, took the wrong... <laughs> we, we, were do, we, were, uh, we were in this same predicament this was before gps's and um my sister's boyfriend at the time was coming to um syracuse with us and he told my father oh go that way go that way towards me he was confident it was left and it was really right because if you go that way you like detoured by like two hours so yeah we really screwed up but yeah so i've always been a um a syracuse basketball fan but i like you know watched the john wallace team in 1996 when i was and i would go to um, I would go to Alumni sta uh, Stadium or whatever. Is it Alumni Stadium? The BC? Yeah. Yeah. And with a Donovan McNabb jersey on and, you know, watch Syracuse play BC there when I was in, you know, middle school. So uh, I've always been a, a Syracuse fan. And so I thought it would be a good opportunity uh, to take a couple hours here 
and go watch the game with Cotillo because I know he's a huge North Carolina fan. And the team is getting better. They've got four freshmen that, that play a lot, six freshmen overall. So they're a young team. They were playing good at the beginning of the season, but they're they're playing a lot better. But they still need to get on. They still need to put some quad one and quad two wins together to actually be considered for the tournament here. So tonight's a start. I this is my second trip to Syracuse. The first, I was a high school senior. It was the fall of 2014, Veterans Day weekend, Catillo family trip up to Syracuse. And I remember the takeaway being, does the sun ever shine up here? And why is it gray all the time? And then, and then a couple weeks later, a trip to Chapel Hill. And if God's not a Carolina fan, then why is the sky that color, Chris, is what I have to ask you. Well, I don't know what time, what, what month did you go up November. in? November. So, yeah, I mean... So it was one of the 11 months where it's not sunny. Yeah, well, Jim Beheim has said before, he said uh, for eight months of the year, Syracuse is like Hawaii, and for the other four months it doesn't matter because we're playing basketball. How touching. That's really incredible. Scouting report on the heels for the eight of you who care. Uh, We need Caleb Love to be shooting the ball significantly less because you're going to put up 40 shots in a game. You need at least 20 of those to go in. Uh, I think they're starting to kind of – you know, find their groove a little bit, though every time I think that, we fall into a trap trap game, lose at Pitt, maybe lose to an inferior school last night, or like on a night like tonight, like Syracuse. <laughs> I do think that the Heels are going to come home with a win tonight, but uh, it, they need to they need, they need, <laughs> they need to pass the ball, obviously, a little bit more than uh, they have been with, with Mr. Love shooting it a billion times. You know, Chris came on, actually, the show a few weeks ago to talk about his Hall of Fame vote. Everybody heard that, the Bobby Abreu discussion, all that type of stuff. That is going to be revealed probably in the time between when we record this and when it's published. So uh, that's one thing to monitor tonight. We'll see you know, how, how bad Chris's ballot was compared to, I think, the, uh, the actual. Uh, gets in, right? I mean, yeah. Ruins, uh, from the polls that we've seen, but, I mean, a large majority of those ballots haven't been, you know, like public. So I, there's a chance no one makes it. Scott Rowland, I guess, has the best chance. Is that it? Yeah, I think Roland and Helton. The takeaway, though, how many times are you going to set off that beeper? We're trying to record audio, and yeah, it means he goes over the line. Which <laughs> is, this is a talk about sound effects. So this is edited. You, I need that in there. So you know, this might be the last podcast that I ever record if you keep going over the damn line. Um, we'll, we'll end up here with some Red Sox talk because that is at the end of the day. Is that the there's a is that the carrier dome? There's this, there's this, uh, which we could obviously can't show you a picture, but it looks like an indoor bubble tennis court or an aquarium or something that looks like the, um, the, uh, place we're going tonight. Uh, kind of some Red Sox stuff. Um, we could play a game right now as paternity leave finishes up for Chris. Uh, is this player currently on the team? Um, I would know, I would, I would know those. They have, like, they have Corey Kluber and Justin Turner and, <laughs> Bogarts is gone. Bogarts is gone. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, um, that's I can't wait till the first day of spring training in a few weeks. Chris walks in. It's like, oh my god, I, where where did all the players we know went? Where, where do they all go? Um, and we'll get to the moves from the last week uh, here in a second. Um, but there was uh, a pretty significant event. In Springfield over the weekend, I think that's worth talking about. You've all seen the videos. You've all heard, or if you weren't there, you've seen it on Twitter. You know, Bloom and John Henry viciously, viciously booed by the fans who were in attendance at Winter Weekend. And 
we see it on Twitter every day, right? But like, kind of my takeaway having this job is that, you know, Twitter is a place where people go to complain, and Twitter is a place where people go to vent and rant and all that type of stuff. That's not really your typical winter weekend crowd. Like, those are the people who are, you know, season ticket holders and diehards and love the team no matter what and love going to Fenway even when the team is bad. And so for, for people like that to be that restless, that upset, I think it says a lot about the where the organization is. And whether that's, you know, more of a real frustration of, you know, people are, are fed up with the ownership group, with they're fed up with Bloom or a groupthink thing here where you know people are just starting to it's the cool thing to to hate the Red Sox no matter what they do that's a little less clear to me I do understand where the frustrations you know lie and I understand you know there's been a lot of things that are very questionable the the Xander Bogart staying chief among them but you know for for me I just especially in the wake of you know them signing Devers and making that commitment a couple weeks ago I thought that was you know shocking I thought it was telling about where fans you know, sit right now, and it'll be fascinating to see come April, you know, what attendance is like at Fenway, what the mood of the fans are like, and people have said this before, and I'm definitely not the first, so how the Red Sox come out of the gate in April is is really, really important, you know, like, you can't win divisions in April, right, you can't win a playoff spot in April, but you can lose them, in this case, you can win back your fan base in April, right, like, I feel like that's going to be part of the equation here, um, and so I think that's going to be a fascinating thing. You know, are people excited about truck day, whatever that is? Are they excited about spring training? Are they excited about April? Probably not as much as in, in previous years, but you win some games, you get hot early in the year, and I think that changes around pretty quickly. I know, you know, you, you also weren't in Springfield just like me, but um, your takeaways from those videos and what we saw? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, you just mentioned truck day. I mean, those are the, the type of people that go to winter weekend. Every time I've been there, I've been every other week, winter weekend, it's, People are happy about baseball season, positive. It's not like everything is awesome crowd. Uh, it's not your radio host type thing. And people that call into the radio or whatever. Um, there's just a lot of happiness. And for that to happen, that was kind of shocking. And it was, you know, it was deserved in a way. I mean, you know, they haven't, you know, they, they've, they haven't made, I mean, the, they, the Mookie Betts trade didn't work out. I mean, the, you know, Sheeter Downs was DFA'd early this offseason, then released or uh, released, or was he? DFA. See, he doesn't know anything. It's DFA then claimed by Washington. Uh, Washington, yes. And so, like, you know, I can see like people always ask me about like Bloom's plan when I'm you know meeting with people at you know little kids' birthday parties that we attend and stuff like that, three year olds' birthday parties. Let's let's just get this out of the way. Nobody is walking up to him recognizing him as Chris Smith from West Live. It just it comes up in conversation. What do you do for work? I cover the Red Sox and then uh, then the two questions come up. One, you work for the Red Sox and two, what do you possibly do in the off season? Well well like so we went to a three year old's birthday party recently her mother the mother of the three year old was introducing me as somebody like he he writes for the Red Sox, but he's incorrect. But I don't correct. On the payroll. On the payroll. So uh, that's how they know he is. I'm not that famous that people would know me. Uh, but yeah, so like I I, would, I always get asked like what 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 is Bloom's plan here? And it's always like I always come back to the same thing. I'm like, you know. Um, when Andrew Freeman went from the Tampa Bay Rays to the Los Angeles Dodgers, I mean, that was in 2014, he didn't have a 
you know, he didn't sign anybody to a contract of over 100 million until Mookie Betts, and now he's exploded. But he really built the team from within, uh, stuff like that, and and you know, built up that farm system and and the core of talent and drafted unbelievably. And so I think that that was what you know, like I don't think Bloom never wanted to spend money, right? Like his plan wasn't like, okay, I'm 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 going to run this team like the Tampa Bay Rays. So. I think people are off in that respect. However, I think that he hasn't, like, some of the trades have not worked out. Uh, some of, you know, like, they don't look great right now. Uh, you know, even the Benetendi trade, I mean, you've got two guys, that you know, prospects that really haven't done anything. You've got Winkowski that wasn't very good this year. He's still young. He can do, you know, he could be good in the future. Uh, and then Frenchy Cordero, you know, who's, who was, you know, DFA'd. So, um, non-tendered again, doesn't know what's happening. He was non-tendered? Yes, he was. Okay. <laughs> the, the, the distinction doesn't matter when there's a diaper to be changed, all right? All right, I'm very sorry for this. I will, when I come back from paternity leave next week, I will, I will know everything. I will, I'll be, I'll, I'll read everything and know everything, but, um, yeah, with, with like, you know, like uh, some of these deals haven't worked out. And so that's why the initial plan, you know, hasn't looked good. And, you know, I think that he, I mean, he already did spend money on Trevor's story. So the, it's not like he was just going to be, you know, wanting to run this team exclusively like a low, you know, a small market team. But I think that some things have backfired in terms of trades and some bad decisions and I mean there's have been good ones as well with Garrett Whitlock and the Rule 5 draft and different things like that but there have been a you know there the team is probably the fifth best team in the AL East going into the year right now there you know so you look at it and things haven't looked good and I think that he did you know he deserves some booze <laughs> with the way things are going and I don't think people totally understand his process and I think he's trying to have people understand his process of what he's trying to do and it's kind of misunderstood a little bit because they're not trying to be a small market team but you know John Henry has lost you know players with low ball offers like Xander Bogarts and stuff like that so he also deserved to be booed and so um I was a little surprised like the heckling was kind of crazy like the the fact that they're yelling like Dave Dombrowski's name if I was Bloom and John Henry and people were yelling like that I wouldn't be able to concentrate as I was trying to talk and he did have to stop a few times right so like it was kind of wild I think that's really the story that came out of it is just like even the even the truck day people and even the winter weekend people are not happy I agree with that and I also think it would be silly to sit here and think you know those guys weren't flustered by you know what they heard the other day and that, that they weren't flustered or they weren't surprised by it I think they were surprised by it in that setting you know I think it's fair to say you know John Henry is insulated from the public perception I don't think that he is scrolling Twitter and seeing kind of the hate mail right I think Kyle Bloom kind of knows what's up and he runs into people but you know for John Henry I think you know that was a uh probably maybe a wake-up call i'm sure we'll hear from him about it as soon as spring training opens and he gets on the bench for his uh, media availability right well, well it's interesting like you bring that up with john henry and um like i'm sure sam kennedy has a pulse of what's going on like i mean that's like this job as a business guy in the organization and running a business 
to want to know what. I mean, I don't know if he listens to the radio, but I assume he would and listen and, and sees Twitter and stuff like that because you want to know what your fan base uh, says about you. You want to hear what the radio guys, even if you don't think that they're totally accurate, are saying about you. So I, I'm sure he has a gist of that, and, and I'm sure that, you know, Bloom does too. It's funny, though, with, like, Henry. Henry went right into the studio one time. He was listening to the radio in 98, 5, the Sports 7, went right in there to Felder and Mass. Um, he has said some things on Twitter before. So he has had an ear in the past of what's going on and what people are saying. I don't think, though, I think you're right. I don't think he's really hearing it much right now. I think he's not paying attention to it. And probably that's, you know, like, it, there's a little bit of frustration probably amongst fans. Like, he, the Red Sox aren't a top priority for him. When maybe they were, you know, back when he was, you know, going into the 98 5 the sports hub studio and asking to speak with Felger and Matt since it wasn't like that all the time back then but I you know I think that he was more in tune he was talking to the media more and different things and I think right now you're, you're wondering like is he you see him with Liverpool and you know you get the Penguins and I think that the Penguins are a good acquisition because you're, you're trying to make money here you're you know you're trying to make more money and the bigger your empire can be, the bigger your business can be, the better, right? You're making money for all the teams, and people don't look at it that way. The fans don't look at it that way. They, they look at it like, you know, you're concentrated on the Penguins now, or you're concentrated on Liverpool. And so I, I think, though, that there has been a little bit of a uh, John Henry's not, I don't want to say not as interested in the Red Sox, but has not paid as much attention recently, and maybe this will wake him up, like, you know, like, yeah, the fans are really ticked off, <laughs> and, and maybe I should show up a little bit more and stuff like that. Maybe they do have a point, or maybe he doesn't think like that. I don't know. I mean, maybe he's paying attention to us right now, and he's going to find <laughs> us in the the 300 level of uh, the carrier dome, or what, the JMA Wireless Dome, right? Wireless. Yeah, because why why take away why have an iconic name when you can sell out <clears throat> yet again to corporate America? Well. Uh, Obviously, you know, this will return kind of to the regular show next week. Tentatively, I have some big big plans for that. Um, and I won't be in a car. I won't be wearing a jersey. And uh, we won't be uh, sweating out the Syracuse origin against the Tar Heels. But that's Chris Smith. I'm Chris Cotillo. appreciate you guys listening to Something Different. And go Heels. <laughs>